we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on synth. This is Loud and Queer. the voice of queer youth and music on sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, she, her, and we're coming to you live in the studio on Wurundjeri land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hi guys, uh, I'm Luna, my pronouns are she, her, and welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, um, if you guys want to check out the show, like on any, like if you want to check out the show or reach out to us on any of our social media after the show you're welcome to reach out to us on any of our social media like twitter and instagram at sin loud that's at s-y-n loud all loud and queer on facebook or you can check out our podcasts like this podcast or any of our previous podcasts on any of our major like streaming services for podcasts so that be like omi spotify stitcher or apple music so today we've got our news whip and also an interview about the Pinnacle Foundation and of course, Froth or Not. And we'll be playing new music from Cavi, Five Island Drive, Baby Doobie and many more. Yeah, awesome. So we're just gonna jump straight into our first song before we get into our news whips. So here is the song 1036 by Baby Doobie. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin and we'll see you back after the song. Enjoy. But yeah, that's all our news for today. Our next song is Destroying Icons by Five Island Drive. Yeah, I'll um, mention it as well real quick. We, of course, uh, chatted to Frankie, the lead singer of Five Island Drive, uh, uh, last season of the show. And this is a track from their new EP, their debut EP, White Rose, which was released uh, on the 15th, so just about 10 days ago. And uh, B-Dub Doobie's uh, debut album, Beatopia, was not debut album, latest album, Beatopia, Beatopia was also released, and um, Bita Bibadubi is going to be touring in September, playing at the Forum on the 10th. And keep an eye out on Five Island Drive social media because I'm sure they'll be touring soon with this new EP out. But yeah, with that said, this is Destroying Icons by Five Island Drive. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. You just listened to Destroying Icons by Five Island Drive. Great song, we love that. So um, now we're going to be jumping into an interview. And Sammy, do you want to tell us a bit more about that interview? Yeah, so I had a chat to uh, CEO Andrew State of the Pinnacle Foundation and a previous alumni. Um, so yeah, if you don't know what Pinnacle is, they're uh, one of the leading charities for supporting young LGBTQIA plus people in so-called Australia. And uh, they announced they're going to be supporting a record number of scholars in 2023. And uh, applications for next year's scholars are now open and closing on the 31st of August. So you have a bit under a month to still get an application in. Um, Pinnacle is encouraging young, young LGBTQIA plus Aussies across all disciplines to apply. And uh, yeah, I got to sit down with Managing Director and CEO Andrew State, pronouns he, him, 
and 2022 alumni Maddie pronouns they them to learn more about the Pinnacle Foundation and how their scholarships help young queer people. And um, a content warning for this one, uh, Andrew at the very beginning of the interview mentions uh, references to like stats for self-harm. Um, so I'll read out some, I'll read out the support lines again at the top of the interview, but it is just within the first kind of two minutes and then there's uh, more minutes of, of pretty interesting stuff. So definitely tune out and pop back in if that sounds like too much, but otherwise uh, you can always contact QLife at 1-800-184-527 or online in Rainbow Door at 1-800-729-365. But yeah, we'll jump into it. This is me having a chat with some people from the Binnacle family. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. All right, I'm joined here by Andrew and Maddie to talk about the Pinnacle Foundation. Uh, Andrew, could you give us just like a bit of an overview for like what Pinnacle is? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Pinnacle Foundation awards educational scholarships for full-time tertiary studies uh, either at university or TAFE, to young LGBTIQ plus Australians to uh, help them to realise their full potential and to overcome challenges arising from how they may identify. Um, and scholars can study in any field or discipline that they choose and we support them with funds throughout the course of their studies. And then importantly, we match every scholar with a mentor. And typically that's a mentor who'll have walked the path that the scholar is on in terms of being someone of the same gender, same sexuality, and who will usually work at a much more progressed level in the same field that the scholar is studying. And the thinking is that that person can then act as something of a role model and provide the encouragement and wise counsel to really help the young person to um, sort of realise that potential. And then I guess there's a third element to the Pinnacle program, and that is um, we have uh, about 170 very active volunteers across the country who provide support to the Pinnacle program um, and to the scholars and to our alumni. And, you know, together, the, uh, that, that, that group of volunteers, plus all of our donors and partners who support us, we term the Pinnacle family because we see it as our role to support the scholars and the alumni to, you know, forge the connections and have the opportunities that maybe others in our community would take for granted. But, and, and I guess the, just in sort of closing that part, the reason that we, the Pinnacle Foundation really exists is because too many young LGBTIQ plus people are still self-harming, suiciding, experiencing psychological distress directly related to experiences that they have of bullying, abuse, discrimination, prejudice, many of whom are facing family, faith or community rejection. So it's, you know, there are lots of bad statistics which suggest that, um, you know, the more we can do to support absolutely inspiring young people in our community, the better not only our community and they will be, but the wider society will be because it enables people to, you know, contribute fully to society and give back themselves. We have um, applications for 2023 scholarships, or scholarships which commence in 2023, uh, are currently open and they'll close on the 31st of August. So if anyone listening know someone or might themselves think that they would be interested in applying for a Pinnacle Foundation scholarship, they can visit the Pinnacle website, which is thepinnaclefoundation.org. Yeah, fantastic. And 
we'll have a chat to Maddie now, who is Pinnacle Foundation alumni. How are you going, Maddie? Yeah, I'm going very well. Thank you for having us on the program. No worries. So can you tell us a bit about like what you do and uh, especially keen to hear about like Queerly Beloved Comedy? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Communications Media at RMIT. And on top of that, um, if that's not keeping me busy enough, I also run an all-queer comedy show called Queerly Beloved. And that's something that was sort of born out of my experience as a queer person in the Australian comedy scene. Like so often I was the only queer person on a lineup. And I got a review once in, I think it was the 2019 Melbourne Comedy Festival that just said, I mean, bit of context, everyone on the show had been doing really badly and bombing and the crowd hated everybody. But what the reviewer took from this show is he wrote, um, the show was going okay until Maddie Weeks came on stage with some gay jokes and lost the support of the older audience. Uh, And I just read that and I thought, oh, my God. Uh, this comedy scene is not good. What can I do to kind of make it a bit better? Uh, so I thought, well, there's no all queer comedy show happening. Why don't I just do it myself? I'll just put it together. And my girlfriend and I, she's really good at spreadsheets. I'm good at, you know, organizing live shows and together, Queerly Beloved was born and it's been about... We tried to start it off in 2020, but for obvious reasons, that was delayed until 2021. But it's been going really well ever since, and we're doing monthly shows now and starting to uh, put together workshops to help other queer people who might be thinking, oh, comedy is something that I might want to do, but I have no idea how to start. And we really want to you know, help them write their first jokes and give them a really warm, safe, accepting space to do their first set, because a lot of the open mics in Melbourne are just full of, you know, the same straight white man on repeat. So we're trying to fix it anywhere we can. Yeah, and definitely you've highlighted why it's so hard to get into comedy as a, mm. a young queer person. Um, yep. And yeah, so the, those workshops, that's it's fantastic. Would you say that like outside of comedy as well and like other creative pursuits and studying, kind of making sure queer voices are heard is like something you care about? Oh, absolutely. Like... I think, especially after becoming a Pinnacle Scholar, I think it really affirmed in me that having a queer community is just so important Um, because after becoming a scholar, I just got, you know, with my mentor who's working in the arts as well, just made me realise that I was really lacking kind of the support that I needed to fully realise my visions as a creative, just because a lot of the people who are far up in the industry are straight and I can't really relate to them and there's this bit of a gap. So it's really important, I think, for there to be more queer people in positions of power within the industry so we can kind of, you know, help guide the next generation and kind of band together. And it's already changing in Melbourne. I, I run... Um, two queer gigs now and it's just more and more are popping up every every week and it just seems like the queers are really taking over which I love it's it's super important and it's important uh, for people to come along to see a comedy show and they're actually seeing people like them on stage which is quite 
rare I remember growing up watching comedy it was a lot of men getting up there and just talking about how they hate their wife and nothing really resonated with me and if you're not seeing yourself represented on stage it's hard to imagine yourself on stage so it's important that you know people like me and other queer people are on every stage in Melbourne we just got to do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely um so yeah keen to talk about kind of that uh, pinnacle foundation yeah. experience as well yeah um but before we jump into that uh you moved down to victoria in march 2020 <laughs> uh just <laughs> said before i think what was it like moving down to so-called melbourne like at that time yeah um perfect timing on my part uh <laughs> could not have been better it was pretty brutal honestly uh moving to melbourne is something that i've wanted to do for a long time and that's kind of when i you know, finally got everything together, finally got an apartment, uh, was going to start studying. And then we moved here. And three days after we moved in, we went into lockdown and the next two years would be a blur. It was really hard um, kind of not knowing people and having my university be all online. It was quite an isolating experience. But I'm quite lucky that, you know, I moved down with my girlfriend and we kind of had each other but I think it really made me realize how much I value my community. Uh, I think the main takeaway I've had is that I want to, you know, devote as much as my life as possible to, uh, you know, making time and making space for the queer community to come together and connect because without that, it can feel really, really isolating. I know it was literal. Uh, social isolation literally but it's kind of on a different level the world can feel quite scary but if you're surrounded by you know people who understand what you're going through it can feel a little bit a little bit less lonely and whether that's you know just online or as we can now in person uh it's I think it's super important but I don't know it was a it was a really weird time 2020 um but I guess it just made me even, you know, even more thankful for the community that I that I have now. It's just so nice. And to look back in retrospect, wow, I don't know. I, I don't know how, you know, how did anyone get through that, you know? But especially moving to a new city, it was really scary. Uh, and I moved to Melbourne to do comedy, which, of course, 2020 kind of ruined all of that. But I think it's given me a new drive and a new purpose in life because, you know, you go live every day like there's there's no tomorrow because who knows, we'll be in lockdown one day again, maybe, I don't know. It's given me a kind of, yeah, a new lease on life, I think. Yeah, right. So my next question was going to be like, what made you want to apply for the scholarship? But I think you've, you've oh, pretty much yeah. covered yeah. it. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, that definitely that that leads into that that need for community. I, I just saw... Um, I joined the RMIT Queer Department Facebook group uh, during lockdown, actually, because I was desperate for community, and I, I found I found it in that, and then I saw the link for the Pinnacle Scholarship pop up one day, and I've you know I've never really applied for anything like that in my life. I just kind of thought, oh, that's for people who are really smart and do smart degrees like law and. Uh, medicine and I'm doing media I don't think I don't think I'm gonna get this but I I, I read through the I read through the page and it really got me super excited because it really sounded like exactly what I needed so I just 
applied and I thought the worst thing they can do is say no and they, well, they said yes and I don't think I ever could have imagined just how incredible an experience the Pinnacle Foundation Scholarship would be uh, just in so many aspects of my life it's just so so good so beneficial. Yeah well do you mind um, telling us a bit about that like how the the Dara Wide Scholarship um, helped you in like studies pursuits and your career as well in general? Of course, yes. Yeah. So um, obviously the financial part of the scholarship is so incredible, especially right now with the cost of living uh, higher than ever. Mm. Uh, rent is through the roof, groceries are through the roof, and obviously psychology is in high demand. So I've had to you know, shop around for a new psychologist, which is expensive. And just having that extra financial support, knowing that you know, I had to go to the dentist the other day, but that was okay. And I had to, you know, see my psych a few extra times during exams and that's fine. You got that extra, you know, financial backing makes you feel really secure. And my laptop broke. So, oh, I don't know what I would have done without that safety net of the scholarship. Mm -hmm. That financial aspect was great, but also just the community aspect of it. I think I've met a lot of people who are, you know, further on in their careers and have a lot of wisdom and they're very supportive and just genuinely want to see you do well. Like my mentor is just so kind and she's so busy, but she's always like making time for me and, you know, working on, you know, working on my projects with me and telling me how I could do things better and kind of helping me think to the future, which is a skill that I really lost during lockdown. It's hard to, you know, think ahead when everything felt you know, like it was falling apart. So I'm still kind of rebuilding those skills and it's good to have a lot of people around me who are really knowledgeable and are in the same industry that I want to be in and can just, you know, give me advice and kind of give me <laughs> a little helping hand and lead me through this wild world that is going to be my life after uni, whatever that'll be. Um, it's just really good. So yeah, financial aspect's great, but I think my favorite part is the community of the Pinnacle family. It's just something that I really needed and I, I really value it quite a lot. Um, for people who might be hoping to to join that Pinnacle family, like someone who's already applied or might be thinking about it, can you break down like what kind of receiving the scholarship entails and like the the process of finding a mentor and yeah yeah, yeah sure I can definitely do that. So basically, all you've got to do is you fill out an application, and there's a really it's <laughs> it was really good for me because I opened it up and it's quite a number of questions you have to answer. It's not too many, but there's also a feature where you can save and come back to it later, which I really liked because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I like to, you know, take my time and it was good to be able to come back to it whenever I needed to. And I finally finished it, sent it off. And then I got an email being like, Oh my God, you're going to the next round. And I just had this, um, teams, uh, chat with two lovely lovely people from the foundation kind of talked about my goals and my studies and you know my life so far and it was a really chilled out process and then basically I just got a call one day from Andrew and said you've done it and then um, everything went from there you go to an induction weekend where they really run you through everything how the scholarship works and they pair you with a mentor so you don't have to do anything they're very very good they're um, scholar and mentor manager um, Sam is very, very good at their job. They they really um, pair you perfectly with a mentor, which is a skill. I wish I know it's an incredible skill to have. So you don't really have to do anything. You just kind of get led through it. And it's a very, very supportive and very um, easy process. And I definitely would recommend to anybody listening, just just apply. 
And if you don't get it this time, try again uh, next time. You know, who knows? It's good um, practice anyway to fill out uh, applications like this because it's not often you get asked to, you know, think about yourself and kind of hype yourself up in the way that you need to apply for a scholarship. And it is good self-reflection, you know. And I think you've got nothing to lose. You're you're not going to get it if you don't apply. Just go for it. And honestly, I've had the most fun ever. All the stuff that comes with being a scholar, you get to go to lots of fun events and you meet other scholars in your state and they're all so cool and nice. And, yeah, I could not recommend it more. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Um, Really keen to hear about as well. You've got a bit of studying to go and killing it in the comedy scene. What are you hoping to do next? Um, Yeah, so I've got two semesters left at university, so I'll get through that. And then... I will be doing a lot more comedy shows. I'm working on a, a solo hour, which I'll probably premiere end of next year in time for Melbourne Comedy Festival 2024, getting in an early plug there. Um, but other than that, um, working on my all queer comedy show that I run at Pride of Our Footscray Bar every last Thursday of the month. That's just really, you know, taking off. And I'm just going to keep working on Uh, making the Melbourne comedy scene as gay as possible. Fantastic. Well, yeah, definitely check out those comedy nights, but uh, it's well, check out the Pinnacle Foundation's website to apply for a scholarship closing the 31st of August. That's the pinnaclefoundation.org. Andrew and Maddie, thanks so much for joining us on Loud and Queer. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Fantastic. Thank you. And you're listening to Loud and Clear on Sin. I'm Sammy. You just heard me chat with uh, Andrew and Maddie from the Pinnacle family talking about Pinnacle Foundation and all the scholarships they're offering and how that can support uh, young queer so-called Australians. Um, yeah, so definitely check out the Pinnacle, the Pinnacle Foundation's website. That's thepinnaclefoundation.org to have a look at applying for a scholarship. They're closing on the 31st of August. And uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, Pride Flag and the the history of the flag, as well as a bit of astrology. So stick around for that. But for now, we're going to be playing a track for you. This one is by Carvey. It's called Supernova. And uh, yeah, it is from the local hyperpop icon's debut EP, Crushed, released uh, earlier this month. Definitely check out Crushed with a K if you haven't already. For now, let's jump into it. This is Supernova. Language warning for this one. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. You just listened to Harvey with Supernova. Now we're just going to jump into just some fun free-range topics and everything, and we just kind of want to talk about... We found this great article talking a bit about the history of the pride flags and mainly, like, the main pride flag that we all know and kind of associate whenever you think of pride, obviously, the six-coloured rainbow flag. Um, We found this little article about, like, summarising the history of it, so we were just kind of like... Let's talk about that because yeah. we don't really know much about that flag, do we? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should just go th- like a little rundown of the article. Every decade since the 1970s, where it was like um, introduced, it has gone through a lot of change, and I think that's very, um, very good. I mean, it's cool that the flag changes along with the community you know yeah um like originally obviously before the flag the main the main symbol that a lot of like 
queer and gay activists would use it to like identify one another would be um the reclaimed um pink triangle that um you know obviously the nazis used to identify other gay people which you know at that time was very, a very horrible time but it's obviously we've been working to reclaim a lot of the things that were used against us throughout the years um so I do understand what, like, I can understand that obviously the empowerment that comes from taking back that symbol and using it as a symbol of power for us now. Although I do understand the sentiment of having some, creating a new symbol that doesn't tie itself to such a dark time. Yeah, it is very hard to, like, be, be reminded of that. I like that. So Gilbert Baker was asked to design a new flag for the upcoming Gay Freedom Day celebrations in 1978. The flag would feature eight stripes arranged in spectral order. Hot pink for sex, red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for magic and art, indigo for serenity, and violet for spirit. And I actually really like that. They tied a meaning to the colours. Um... I do find it funny how it also adds that actually a second version was also yes. <laughs> featured where it's filled with tie-dye stars as well in like a queer take on the American flag and everything. Obviously, that's not very universal, yeah. but I do find I do like the idea of tie-dye stars on the flag. <laughs> the um the other interesting thing about the 70s was the when the flag was like being put into production there was a hot pink like material shortage. Oh, there was, yeah. So, uh, yeah, some of the colors were stripped from the flag, um, and people were like noting how it's very like ironic that it's um, with like the flag associate association with the corporatization today. That it's like some of that like aspects and of like queer identity has also kind of been stripped <laughs> from the messaging. Yeah, because obviously this flag's got six stripes, but there were eight originally, so they stripped pink from it, and they stripped turquoise, so they stripped sex and magic. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is very funny, because, um, yeah, so, quote, inadvertently mirrors what has happened in, as some LGBTQ plus causes have been embraced by mainstream audiences, end quote. I agree, like, I feel like the corporatization of it, it doesn't people it's very taboo to talk about sex and magic especially like when corporate people are trying to you know um how can i say it um embrace queer culture but ignoring those parts of it is like it's not that good that it's they like, do that it's like an, it's like diet embrace embrace light it's no it's not really there yeah i do i find it quite funny um but it's cool to see like how originally how it started and like how it has changed to now and everything like obviously going further because it's gone through like and it, it's like gone through and been popularized and become like a sort of powerful symbol through all sorts of times like through um, the 1980s during the um, HIV and AIDS epidemic that sort of broke out. Um, the flag, uh, the rainbow flag also grew on to take a much stronger meaning and took on a huge symbol of hope for the community, which I think is very powerful, especially during that time when, like, not only did you have this epidemic sweeping across, like, the globe, especially, yes, sweeping across the globe, and you also had, like, like half the majority of the, you know, cis-heteronormative, uh, 
population thinking that you deserve it, it's your fault, which it's not, mm. which is just really, really messed up. So it's nice that they had a symbol of hope out there that they could turn to and be like, things are going to get better. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, I hate that it was. I'm, I'm glad I, I don't know, I, I'm glad that it has gotten better and people aren't just associating gay people with AIDS. Like, un- unfortunately, that's what happened. But... Well, kind of even ties into, like, we're talking in the news at the top of the show about how kind of the first phase of um, Victoria's, like, sex work decrim is coming into effect. And we're talking about some of the laws that are being appealed. And I don't think we mentioned it in the story, but, like, one of those is to do with, like, sex workers. Essentially, me saying, like, it's it's down to the, like, consent of the individuals now and it's not, like, a persecuted thing if you are, like, engaging in sex work and like may have an STI so it's like yeah still very stigmatized um and into law Mm. and like even with like the um, Moderna trialing HIV vaccines as late as like last year it's like that has only really happened because of their like huge funding intake from COVID Mm. um before then it like wasn't really seen as a priority at all so yeah yeah it's nice to see I will say one thing that I definitely want to talk about in the future is that it mentioned in the article for the 1980s that um, Nicholson Earle, a member of the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, began preparing for a ni- um, be- became, began preparing for a 1990 journey in which he carried, well, he as the article quotes, he carried a rainbow flag the 1,000 miles between San Francisco to the opening of the Gay Games in Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia. I've got no idea what the gay games are, but I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And then 1990s, I think it... Wait. Oh, we, in between that... Let me find it. They... Oh, yeah. 1990s, they introduced the bisexual pride flag, which is... um. Pink. I, like I, I actually really like it. <laughs> Pink for homosexuality, blue for heterosexuality, and purple for the blend of both. I think that it's good to have multiple flags oh, for everyone, you know? It's customization. <laughs> yeah, well, I love how, cause, like, obviously you don't need labels to, like, know who you are and everything, but I know label, like, having those labels can also be a huge comfort for other people. And I know for me, certainly, like, being able to label myself as bi makes me really happy, like, sort of knowing and being able to, like, easily explain it to someone else. I find that's very, it's much easier that way. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of having a flag that you can also point to and be like, that's me. (laughs) So I definitely, like, I and I agree, like, I love seeing, like, just the huge array of colours and different flags that people make and everything and just sort of looking at them being like, God, people are so creative. After that, it just kind of highlights a bit of different um, things from the next decades. I think we should mention one more from the 2000s, though, and everything, because it mentions um, in 2000, um, it also the turn of the century in Phoenix, Arizona, unfurled Monica Helms' trans pride flag, which is the pride the pride flag that we know being, you know, the five alternating stripes of baby boy blue, baby girl pink and white at the local their local pride parade. So love to see that just because obviously trans people matter too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It goes on to say that then in the 2010s, like 
um, some of these designs were like starting to be claimed by like the Museum of Modern Art, and uh-huh. it was like starting to be recognized more as like, all right, this is a culturally important like symbol. As it should be. <laughs> and then, yeah, just talking about like the abundance of new like community flags that popped up in the in the 2010s. Um, I think in that like late 2000s, early 2010s is when like the the a lot of the Ace Arrow flags kind of like and started coming up, and like yeah, a lot of those kind of umbrella flags. Yeah, it was really cool because I wasn't really part of the community, but like as I went, as I, I just saw many of the flags pop up. I'm like, wow, this is great. And also, I like that like the colors have meanings, and then they're not just like randomly assigned. I agree. Oh, it does say here at the bottom also brings up the the creation of the progress pride flag, which is the main flag that obviously that the LGBTQIA plus community uses these days now as well. Um, it was created by, um, I don't want to get the last name wrong, um, it's da- uh, Daniel Kayser. Um And obviously the Progress Pride flag that we know is the one that also has like the traditional six colours of the Pride flag, but also includes the intersecting six stripes with um, black and brown stripes and the transgender and the transgender colour the transgender flag yep. also included on there to help bring inclusion to obviously like trans yeah, yep. folk and also POC folk. So it's really good to see that they're also included on there and everything because obviously for a long time when people think of the queer community, they often just think of white cis people, which there is far, far more to it than that. Yeah, well, progress was good. Agree. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, it's very good um, to have, I don't know, it gives, it gives me hope for the future, you know, we, we're in a new era, mm. it's very good. Um, I think we could jump onto the next song. Our next track is Jinx by Psycho. This is a new song uh, released a few weeks ago, so yep, enjoy everyone. Hello everyone, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. I'm Sammy here with Luna and Liz. Hello. 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 <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, found a great article on them uh, talking about Leo season and horoscopes. So I thought we'd have a fun chat about that and then maybe do a quick <laughs> froth or not to end off the show. Yeah, I've always found horoscopes funny, but this one especially just because obviously now it's going into Leo and I'm a Leo. So yeah, I always find these ones quite funny. Yeah, it's written by um, Jennifer Culp and they are like genuinely such a funny writer as well so definitely mm. check it out <laughs> oh yeah this is in no way meant to be making fun of the like author or anything no, like that just, this is just us actually just ha- a funny writer yeah yeah we're just having fun with it <laughs> one of the things i've always found really funny when it comes to like the stereotypes of what people act like what their star signs and everything has always been like like obviously because some of them have like very specific stereotypes behind them and everything like Aries are meant to be really hot-headed or stuff like that. Um, and Leos, I'm sure most people are already aware, they're always like the prideful, sassy, yeah. all-about-me kind of person. <laughs> which I think, it, which has always been quite funny to me, especially because I'm very much not like that. <laughs> but then again, I think most people aren't. Um, but one of the things I found very funny in the article when it was saying like one of the defining characteristics of Leo is a said fast self-certainty, perhaps especially during periods of instability and doubt. I guarantee that is not true. (laughs) 
what about you guys? What did it say for your um like when it went further down into like your star signs? Like what did they um, was, what was your horoscopes for this upcoming thing? Uh well, I'm a cancer. Um it just says overwhelming urges to make objectively poor romantic decisions. <laughs> I, I mean, I as a cancer, I I'm not sure. It's like very hard to um like put labels on people like this like this <laughs> but I do make sometimes I do make bad romantic decisions but it's okay I'm aware of it <laughs> what about you Sammy um I'm, I'm Aquarius so mine was saying uh you're due for a vertigo inducing moment in mid-August when your subconscious uncharacteristically cries out for the rigidity of structure uh, this is no particular trouble to contemporary Aquarius, as y'all are already programmed to be cautious and question those in power. You may feel as all of the oxygen has spontaneously combusted out of your usual airy state. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Track that on air next month uh, if you're listening to see when that <laughs> when that moment hits me in mid-August. Um, <laughs> T- but... Tune in to next episode of Loud and Cool where Sammy just has an outburst about why they don't like the government. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty standard Loud and Cool yeah. stuff, honestly. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but yeah, it also says, um, like, this, con- this Leo season might not do much for my love life. That's... That's so chill. Horoscope, that's all good. Um, but should reignite your passion for your own particular curiosities following the rough patch. So, yeah, that's um, it's exciting. Getting, I'm going to be curious again. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Cancer. The Cancer season, it's rough, but maybe Leo season will be better. It's like... Um, yeah, let's cross fingers there. Yeah, yeah. Mine, when it gets specific, is going on about how um, it's... The sun's imposition in relation to lucky Jupiter sets an auspicious stage for fresh endeavors. <laughs> That's I don't even know how, don't even know what that means. So. No, it's great. Um, it's going on. It talks about how um, like your first like the first part, the first half is scheduled to be a party, and the second possibly painful but ultimately productive. Nice, nice. I hope it's more productive than painful. <laughs> yeah, could just be me. It's fun to look at anyway. Oh. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like, especially now, it's so hard to figure out where you're going to be in the future. Having at least, like, something there to be like, all right, well, this is this is what the universe is kind of saying. I'll, I'll end up. It's, like, nice. True. Maybe okay. we should make this a regular thing on <laughs> every month. <laughs> every month we just do, do the horoscopes. Do we have any froth or nuts as well before we play our next track? I mean, I got my first tattoo, like, Ooh. how can I say, like a week or two ago? Ten- yeah, it's a oh, dragon. So it's good. super Ooh. cool. Yeah, I love oh it. God. I got it for my birthday. Nice. And you got it a week ago? That's healed so well. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. That feels... I yeah. would not expect that was like brand new. Wow. Thank you. It's really good. Anyway, the artist is amazing. Um, I got it at Celebrity Inc. Gold Coast because I went there to visit my family. Nice. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a dragon going up my arm onto my shoulder. And the artist is like, this is going to hurt. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it did, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can take it. Shocking. It's, this yeah. is going to hurt. Oh, it'll be fine. Surprisingly, it hurt. 
I love the way it loops around, but also front the front shoulder as a tattoo spot. I feel like is yeah, like, I love that. Yeah, no one no one feels like that's a good spot. They always want the side shoulder being kind of where the center of the tattoo is, but it's like no, nah. you actually I, can see it if it's on the front. Yeah, I really like front shoulder tattoos. I want one on both sides anyway. That's, I've always wanted to because I don't have any tattoos, but I've always wanted to get either one on the front or the back shoulder and everything. Probably on the front mainly just because I get back knees. So. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh. you've got a froth have you got a froth or not? Oh god. Um my knot's been I've been a little bit sick lately, but that's always just kind of par for the I feel it's kind of par for the course with me. I don't know what's been going on with me lately. Like oh. the past like two months I've gotten sick twice and like this one really knocked me for six, but yeah. I'm back in better now, obviously, since I'm in the studio. Um but yeah, obviously it's just been, you know what, I can just say it's nice to be back in the studio and it's nice to be back for another season. That's my froth. Yeah, <laughs> no, it feels good to be back in the studio. We had, we didn't actually have any time off air, but we had pre-records and stuff playing. So mm. it's been a while since we've been live. But yeah, um, I'll say my froth real quick was Joy Crooks was in the country, maybe still is, um, for some like Splendor side shows, or definitely mm. actually Splendor's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she did a Splendor side shows earlier this week. I went to the one at Billboards here in Narm, and yeah, fantastic. Don't think I'll probably see her again live for a long time, given <laughs> how COVID goes. I'm surprised it wasn't cancelled, but yeah, check out Joe Crooks if you haven't. Her, her latest album is great. All right, so our next song is Tamagotchi by Omar Apollo. There is a language warning so yeah enjoy the song you're listening to loud and queer on sin i'm sammy here with liz and luna and that track you just heard was omar polo with tamagotchi that one is from uh the artist's album released earlier this year ivory and that one that track is actually produced by the neptunes so uh, yeah, love that for Pharrell. Yeah. What did we speak about on the show today? Yeah, um, well, like we had just a little, two like little small free range topics to talk about where we just like chatted about like sort of about like the history and development of the pride flag. And then we just had a great talk about, um, what was I saying? Um, like, <laughs> yeah, well, ho- horoscopes and um, mm-hmm. a little really quick froth or not with that. It was, a, it was good. And obviously we listened to some great songs on there. Yeah, so if you wanted to read the articles, the first one's on Clever. Clever's Guide to Pride Flags Through the Decades by Jesse Doris. The second one was on Them. Leo Season is Ready to Roll, What to Expect Based on Your Signs by Jennifer Culp. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Great show. If you want to reach out to us or anything that we talked about on the show today, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SinLout or that's at S-Y-N Loud or Loud and Queer on Facebook. If you want to listen to any of the music we played on today, you can listen to our Spotify playlist called The Loud and Queer Mix, the Loud and Queer Mixtape 2022. So thank you guys very much for listening and we will see you next week at 3 p.m. Next week. Next week, Sunday at 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a long week. But um, it has. <laughs> we're gonna ride out today on something nice and chill. This is Green Eyes by Arlo Parks. You've been listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.